As we were singing and worshiping this morning, if you got the impression that the focus was on love, you might be a genius, but um, it was pretty easy to figure out. And my message this morning is a foundational biblical truth, love revisited. And I've been thinking a lot about this lately with everything that's assaulting everybody. And I mentioned this last Sunday briefly, but I just want to say it again. It's time for this church to dig a mass grave and bury all of our opinions uh, I myself need to bury some attitudes, all of this in reflection to the things that are going on, and have one main focus. We are called as ambassadors for Jesus Christ. We're ambassadors of love. You know this for a certainty. Everybody in this world is looking for love. You go out to a restaurant, you ask your server, you, we do this sometimes, we say, get their name off their badge and say, hey, we've been here before, so we know the food's going to be good, and it's not it, but we're believers in Jesus, and we're going to pray and ask the Lord to bless our meal. Is there something we could pray for you about? Get ready. Get ready. Everybody's got heart issues. Everybody's got something to say, and they're just looking for somebody to give them an answer, to help them, to show some concern for them. And if we in the church can't do that, God will find somebody else to do that. Father, as we read a few verses of Scripture this morning, I prefer that it's more of your words go forth, as June said, speak the word. It's more just say the word. So that's my intention this morning, Lord, to say the word. We know your, your word is anointed. The psalmist said forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in the heavens. And Jesus told us heaven and earth will pass away, but my words shall remain forever. So bless your word, Lord. Bless our time here. I ask in Jesus' name. Would everybody agree that we're going through times that we've never seen before? Mm-hmm. Sure are. Sure are. And uh, there's a young man in the Bible, turns out to be a, one of the major prophets, Jeremiah. And Jeremiah really had a tough time because he was a young kid, and uh, wasn't quite sure of himself at first. And all the sages and all the people pretty much throughout his whole preaching career and his prophetic ministry ignored him and gave him no credence as to what he was speaking. And stuff came against Jeremiah. And stuff is coming against us. Here's a little bit of how he was feeling. This is in Lamentations chapter 3. 
just a little bit how he was feeling about what was going on and how, how his relationship with the Lord had been progressing. He pierced my kidneys with shafts from his quiver. I'm a laughingstock to all my people, mocked by their songs all day long. He filled me with bitterness, satiated me with wormwood. He ground my teeth with gravel and made me cower in the dust. I have been deprived of peace. I have forgotten what prosperity is. That's just a portion of how he was feeling at the time. But you come up to verse 21, and he says this, Yet I call this to mind. It's kind of like the prodigal son when he came to his senses. Yet I call this to mind. And therefore, I have hope. We just sang about hope. We've got a hope and we've got a future. Because of the Lord's faithful love. Because of the Lord's faithful love, we do not perish for his mercies never end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness, exclamation point. I say the Lord is my portion, therefore I will put my hope in him. The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the person who seeks him. And it is good to wait quietly for salvation from the Lord. It is good for a man to bear the yoke while he is still young. Men, women, young, old, we're all bearing a yoke right now. We are all bearing a yoke. But let's make sure the one that is guiding us through life is to be equally yoked with the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Um, in John, 1 John, I'm sorry, chapter 4, and uh, just a few verses here. 7 through 11. This is the apostle of love, John. John really got the love message. Dear friends, let us love one another because love is from God, and everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. The one who does not love does not know God because God is love. God's love was revealed to us in this manner. Excuse me. Yes, here we go. God sent his one and only son into the world so that we might live through him. Love consists in this, not that we loved God, but he loved us and sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, if God loved us in this way, we must also love one another. What do you think the most known scripture by believers and unbelievers is? John 3.16, that's right. We all know that, but pastor answered first. John 3.16. You can quote it. We don't deny it here because, but here's, here's the danger. Just like Pastor 
brought out the point about it's easy to forget when this communion time comes around what, what God has done for us. Many, many, many people, and I'm afraid to say this, but probably more in the church that we'd like to think, know that academically. Well, sure, I believe the Bible, and the Bible says that God loves me. Yeah, God loves me. But I'm going to ask you, does God love you? Well, here's a better question. Does God like you? Even one more. Is God nuts about you? You remember the skit? Judah and Tyler did a bang-up job on that skit, and it has stuck with me since that Sunday. And I watched it again, Tyler, yesterday, just to refresh my mind over it. But kind of very cavalier in his conversation with Judah, Tyler says, oh, really? He's nuts about me. You remember that? He's nuts about me. We got to grab a hold of that and realize that God is absolutely crazy about us. Absolutely crazy about us. Listen, he has to be absolutely nuts over us to do for us what he's done for us already and what he continues to do each and every day. One of my favorite authors, and I really identify this with this guy strongly, because he was a Catholic priest, but he broke those vows and got married, battled alcoholism for a good portion of his life. He's gone on to be with the Lord. His name is Brennan Manning. Some of you may be familiar with the book that he wrote, The Ragamuffin Gospel. Uh, he's written some other good books. I'm going to read just a little excerpt from this one, The Signature of Christ. Is God nuts about you? He says, one summer in Iowa City, I had directed a five-day retreat for a little band of Christians. The small number of participants allowed for an unusual degree of dialogue sharing and interpersonal communion. There was one mid-30ish woman in the group who was con conspicuous by her silence. She was a slender, attractive nun who neither smiled nor sighed, laughed nor cried, reacted, responded, nor communicated with any of us. On the afternoon of the fourth day, I invited each person to share what the Lord had been doing in his or her life the past few days. After a couple of minutes of silence, the uncommunicative nun, whom I shall call Christine, spoke up. I turned too many pages. And she said, she reached for her journal, and she said, Something happened to me yesterday, and I wrote it down. You were speaking, Brennan, on the compassion of Jesus. You developed the two images of husband and lover found in Isaiah 54 and Hosea 2. 
And then you quoted the words of St. Augustine, Christ is the best husband. At the end of your talk, you prayed that we might experience what you had just shared, and you asked us to close our eyes. Almost the moment that I did, something happened. In faith, I was transported into a large ballroom filled with people. I was sitting by myself in a wooden chair when a man approached me. He took my hand and he led me onto the dance floor. He held me in his arms and he led me in the dance. The tempo of the music increased and we whirled faster and faster. The man's eyes never left my face. His radiant smile covered me with warmth, delight, and a sense of acceptance. Everyone else on the floor stopped dancing, and they were staring at us. The beat of the music increased, and we pirouetted around the room in reckless rhythm. I glanced at his hands, and I knew. Brilliant wounds of a battle long ago, almost like a signature carved in his flesh. The music stopped to a slow, lilting melody, and Jesus rocked me back and forth. As the dance ended, he pulled me close to him. Here she pauses, and she said, Do you know what he whispered to me? At this moment, every retreatant in the chapel strained forward. Tears rolled down Christine's cheeks. A full minute of silence ensued. And though her face was beaming, the tears kept falling. And finally she spoke. Jesus whispered to me, Christine, I love you. Christine, I'm crazy about you. Is God nuts about us? Yes, God is nuts about us. Are we nuts about him? I would just speak a word of caution. Church is wonderful. I agree so much with Pastor Phil. Let us not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. But let us remember this. We don't assemble to do church, we get to get together and worship and praise the Lord and hear his word. That's a totally different thing than doing church. And the Lord spoke to me in 2014 at a men's breakfast here, and he said, you're a good churched man, but I don't have enough of you. And he's been working on me ever since then. How do we apply this thinking? How do we wrap our minds around this that Jesus loves us that way? In Galatians 5.22, Paul lists those elements, and they're called the fruit of the Spirit. What's the first one? Love. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, those things. But we have to live 
as Paul said in Acts, I think Acts 17, in him we live and move and have our being. We have to live and move and have our being in this essence of love. And when we wake up every single morning, we've just got to have it in our hearts and minds that praise God, Jesus says nuts about me, and I'm not going to disappoint him today. 1 Corinthians 13 is oft called the love chapter. And I'd like to read a few verses from that. Right after Romans in this Bible. Yep, there it is. But I want to I begin with this and let you know how chapter 12 ends. Chapter 12, 31 in 1 Corinthians 12. But desire the greater gifts, and I will show you even a better way. And he transcends right into that wonderful discourse on love. Now, I am one who fully believes the King James Version of the Bible has it correct right there when it refers to it as charity because it is a self-giving love that he describes there. It's not, it's not you know, like I, you know, I was reading through that, and I told Anna Gail, I said, now, baby, I love you. I don't charity you. I love you. <laughs> but, but in that respect of the way the word is used, charity there, it's really correct. And look at all the wonderful charities. Greatest example, too, I can think of right off the top of my head, the Salvation Army and Samaritan's Purse. They're selfless. They go the extra mile. Uh, the Baptist men, how they get rolling when there's disaster stuff. That's charity. That's agape. And that's what this is called. And uh, I'm reading out of the uh, uh, Christian Standard Bible by Holman, and the, the heading on this chapter is Love, the Superior Way. Pick this up with me in verse 4 if you've got your Bibles. By the way, I'm old school. Uh, people just don't bring their Bibles to church anymore, and that's just the fact of the business. Very few do. Good. Very few. Good, 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 good. There's more that, yes, okay. Awake thou that sleepest. <laughs> uh, beginning in verse 4 of chapter 13, love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy. It is not boastful. And love is not arrogant. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not irritable and does not keep a, a record of wrongs. Love finds no joy in unrighteousness, but rejoices in the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. Love never fails. Love never comes to an end. Because love is, because God is love, and there's no end to God. And I want to suggest to us this morning we are God's ambassadors here on terra firma, earth. I love that term. Makes me sound educated. 
We're ambassadors here for God's unshakable kingdom. And we must engage daily in walking out these precepts of love. We really don't have an option. If we signed on, he says, follow me. Pick up your cross daily, Luke says, and follow me. I mean, that's the game plan, folk. We need to engage in that love daily while we walk out characteristics of his vast love for us. And we so live our lives in the face of stuff that comes against us all the time. And I'm afraid, and I know I've, I've violated what I'm going to say to you. I'm guilty of what I'm going to say to you. I have gotten too irritable in what started out to be good, sane discussions over mask, no mask, mandates, no mandates, social distancing, no social distancing, all of this junk, uh, critical race theory, all of these things that are assaulting us now, taken down statues, cancel the culture, are you woke? Yeah, I'm woke, I read the Bible. So I violated my own reasoning within me to not be ruled by my opinions. And that's why I just encourage us. Um, listen, there are good Christian people that are politically made it, motivated. Praise God. But I'm not one of them. My motivation is Philippians 3.20. For our commonwealth, our citizenship is in heaven. From whence we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who when he appears is going to change these vile bodies of ours into the likeness of his glorified body. Praise the Lord. Do I vote? Absolutely I vote. Do I study some of the character traits and try to vote for people that believe conservative like I do? Yes, I do. Am I pro-life? Yes, I am. But I don't agree with the abolition of abortion. I do believe there are some instances, and uh, where's June? Oh, she's out. June reminded me of a, of a member of her family and something that they went through along these issues, and it just got me to thinking differently. But what I'm saying is, if you're motivated that way, praise the Lord, because we need believers in government. But perhaps if you're one who gets a little overbearing, bringing your points of view to other members in the church, maybe you ought to just walk in love. Maybe you ought to just walk in love, because love's not irritable, love's not boastful, love's not proud. And here's what we, this is something that we really need to encounter and understand. Without speaking a word, you might be the only Bible anyone will ever read. That Muslim guy at the dry cleaners or the Hindu over here or whatever, who they don't believe like you do, show them Jesus by how you conduct yourself. 
Show them Jesus with your countenance. Show them Jesus with your demeanor. Paul said to the Romans, chapter 13 and verse 14, put on the Lord Jesus Christ. That's your garment that you put on every morning. Whatever you're going to wear that day, put Jesus on first. And don't make provisions in, in yourself. Don't get to planning how you're going to do this and do that and maybe address this particular situation and get that person set right and do all this. Don't even do that. Don't make any provision for the flesh. Just walk in Jesus. He'll direct you by his Holy Spirit. He'll direct you. I'm going to share an incident with you that happened to me when I was working at Lowe's. Just, this is just to illustrate this point. It involved a fellow that I knew that had been a part of this church for a good while. And he came into Lowe's one day and came up to the contractor's desk and was talking to me about some plumbing issues and all job he was working on. So I took him over to the plumbing department and introduced him to the salesperson there and encouraged him that he could really get some help from this fella and encouraged the fella to really help out this guy. He's a good guy. Later that day, the guy came to me and said, that guy's a member of your church? The way he spoke to me, his attitude about everything, how demanding he was. He said, if that's who goes to your church, I don't want any part of your church. Mm. You very well might be the only Bible that anybody will ever read in your life. Now, Scott Hinkle, Ron, you'll get tickled with this. Scott Hinkle challenged me on this at one of the pastor's meetings. I quoted uh, what's often attributed to St. Francis, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Use words if necessary. And boy, this evangelist, Scott Hinkle, came right back at me. What do you mean, use words if necessary? You know, he went through the whole dialogue of preaching the word and all that, and I fully understand that. We got to walk it out, folk. It's what Paul encourages us to do in uh, in James, uh, not James, in Ephesians 5, 1 and 2. Therefore, be imitators of God. You want to be a copycat? Copycat God. As dearly loved children. As dearly loved children. 1 John 3 starts out, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called children of God. And such we are, exclamation point. We are children of God. So walk as dearly loved children of God and walk in love as Christ also loved us and gave himself for us a sacrificial and fragrant offering to God. And then in verse 9 or 8 and 9, he reminds them, you were once in darkness. We were once in darkness. Before we came to the Lord Jesus Christ, whether we want to admit it or not, we were in the darkness and we needed the light. He said, you were once there. 
But now you are children, you are a light in the Lord. Live as children of light. And that's just a good encouraging word to all of us. Live as children of light. And I shared this last week too, but I'm going to share it again. This is something to muse over or to ponder. All that is happening around us, all, all of this stuff is transient. It's passing away like a tumbling tumbleweed. Excuse me. Speaking of tumbling tumbleweeds, my wife pointed out to me that there's something that grows in West Texas. It's called Russian thistle. And it's like a tumbleweed. But, you know, the winds, West Texas, are kind of constant, blowing, sometimes hard, sometimes not. But this pollen from this Russian thistle is now in our air. So any of you that have been coughing and maybe sneezing and have dry eyes or itchy eyes or whatever, <laughs> blame it on Putin. Remember that God's will is forever. God's will is forever. Justice will be accomplished, and evil and good will ultimately triumph over evil. It's just one of those anonymous quotes. But here's, not, here's one that's not anonymous. The American poetess. Maya Angelou, I love reading her stuff. She said this, if you must look back, do so forgivingly. If you must look ahead, do so prayerfully. But the wisest thing that you can do is to be present in the present, gratefully. Gratefully. That's the key word in that to me. And I'm going to close with this elder's blessing. But you, dear friends, as you build yourselves up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting expectantly for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ for eternal life. Have mercy on those who waver, Save others by snatching them from the fire. Have mercy on others, but with fear, hating even the garments that are defiled by flesh. And now to him who is able to protect you from stumbling and to make you stand in the presence of his glory without blemish and with great joy. 
to the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be the glory and the majesty, the power and authority before all time, now and forevermore. Amen.